Somebody put those hands together and thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Hallelujah, we thank you for your presence. And we serve not a high priest which has not been touched with the feeling of our infirmity. God won't be here and not do something about your problem. God won't stand here and not do something about your trouble. God won't be in our midst and leave your head bowed down. God won't stay right here and leave you discouraged. God won't stay right here and leave you hurting and in pain. God won't wait. My God shall wipe. My God shall wipe. My God shall wipe away all of your tears, all of your heartache, all of your brokenness. All of your hurting, all of your pain, my God shall wipe. My God shall wipe it all away. Lord, touch us right now in this moment. Your spirit, your presence is here in this place. Lord, you make the difference. Lord, you reach those who are, who are watching us virtually, Lord. Touch them in their homes, on their jobs, wherever they might be. Let the healing flow into their hearts, into their minds. Lord, into the rooms of their loved ones. Lord, to uplift their families, Lord. Lord, to strengthen their relationships. To encourage them wherever they are right now. Let them know that you are very present help in trouble. Lord, they do not have to fear. They do not have to be afraid. Because, Lord, you're right there with them. 
Lord, show yourself mighty and show yourself strong in their situation right now. Lord, be with us in this moment. Touch us and strengthen us. Lord, guide the rudder of our ship and lead us in the direction that you would have us to go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And if you believe that, put those hands together and give them some praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. God. Somebody just say, God is here. I said, if you feel him, why don't you just say, God is here. Amen. Everything doesn't translate over the camera, but I just want to tell somebody out there that, that God is present in this place right now. And I pray that you feel him like we feel him right here in the sanctuary here this morning. I pray that his warm embrace surrounds you wherever you are, because I want to let you know that God is here. And his presence can heal. His presence heals our I don't have magic words I can put together, but when God's presence is here, that's all we need for, for something miraculous to happen is that God's presence is, oh, I dare you to just reach out by faith and whatever you need from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever you need from God. Those who are watching virtually, just reach out to your screen in our direction. Whatever you need from God. Oh, in the sanctuary, people are grabbing hold of it by faith. We're believing and accepting by faith that God is doing something miraculous in our situation right now. Even as we speak, hallelujah, he's doing it right now. He's moving by his power. He's moving by his might. He's turning situations around. And we're giving God the glory. And we're giving him the honor. And we're giving him the praise for what he's doing. What he's doing right now. I feel the weight of somebody's testimony changing right now. God is turning somebody's test into a testimony even right now as we speak. Because by his power, he's pulling you out. Oh, the praise team sang Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through, <laughs> yea, though I walk through, somebody, somebody's coming out right now, yeah, though I walk through, you've been in the valley too long and right now God is letting you see the light on the other end of the valley, yea, though I walk through, hallelujah. Somebody who believes it, don't say it if you don't believe it. But if you believe it, just raise your hand real quick and say, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming. Oh. I'm coming out of this. I want you to tell somebody this. Hashtag this in the comments. They're not writing this on my tombstone. Moshe. Because they write stuff on your tombstone, that means that was your end. What I'm in right now, they're not writing it on my tombstone because I'm coming out of this. Hallelujah. I was hurt. I was in pain. I was diseased. I was mourning. But I'm coming out of this because my weeping may have endured for the night. But somebody say it's morning time. My, my joy. somebody else and say I don't see it but I'm still coming out oh find somebody else and say I, I don't even see it right now but by faith I'm coming out of this thing hallelujah I'm coming out 
coming out of this thing. And that's what the songwriter said because, see, some of us, we, we sing this song like it's a shouting song, but I believe this was a faith song. Songwriter said, you don't have to wait till the battle is over. And I think the reason he wrote that song is because he didn't see his way out. He didn't see how the situation was going to end. But he said, I can shout right now where I am when I don't see my way out. Because I know by faith I'm coming out of this thing. Hallelujah. Coming out. Coming out of this thing. This is not my end. Don't start writing my obituary yet. Because I'm coming out of this. God has something else waiting for me on the other side. God has something waiting for me on the other side. Say it for yourself. God has something waiting for me. Hallelujah. On the other side. It's waiting for me. It has my name on it. God's bringing me out. He's bringing me through something and he's bringing me to my destiny, my purpose, my purpose still remains on the other side of this trial. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the house, though. Hallelujah. I feel the power of God in this place. I wish I had a witness. I said, I feel the power of God in this place. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Hallelujah. We're going to the word of the Lord. We're going to Hebrews, the 12th chapter. And we'll be looking at verse 1. I'm excited to share this word with you this morning. Something that God put in my spirit. That I struggle with, that he worked through over several nights. Several nights he woke me up with this word. And I'm excited to share it with you on this morning. Again, that's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We're still operating in the vein of our theme for this year, which is loading. Talking about the things that God is going to bring into our lives. Things that God is loading into our lives. Hebrews 12 and 1 reads from the English Standard Version. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lord, touch our heart, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be receptive to what you're doing in this destiny moment. Lord, let us recognize this is a moment where our lives can be forever impacted. As your light of your word shines the light in the direction that you would have us to go. Lord, you lead us. And Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. And be blessed. I want to talk to you for a few moments about self-checkout. Our thought for today is self-checkout. When I begin to think about self-checkout and specifically the question that you might want to ask yourself today is, do the things in my basket align with my purpose? Do the things I have in my basket align with my purpose? So when I say self-checkout, I mean it in the context that you probably think of it. The self-checkout line that you find at many of stores and Usually the stores I go to, Kroger and Walmart, have set checkout lines, Publix. And they're there for efficiency purposes. They're there because it is usually uh, financially uh, accommodating and feasible for the store vendor themselves to not have to pay people. People are expensive. So when they have self-checkout machines, the machines initially are a larger investment, but over time they pay for themselves. And then for us, it gives us at least the specter of it being faster 
and gives us the, the concept, you know, it's, I guess, ostensibly, but not, not always actually, which means by it should be faster, but it isn't always faster. But at least it puts that concept in my mind that if I'm only getting to grab, grab a few items, I can slide through Slough Checkout and I can get out of there quickly, right? And at least we think that. So it has its purpose. And at some point, we encounter the checkout line, and most of us encounter the self-checkout line if we have just a few items. But before we get to the self-checkout line, there are certain things that most of us do in our grocery store experience. And we're going to talk about virtual. Uh, you have virtual baskets as well. And, you know, we could talk about it in the retail department store context. But more specifically, I wanted to address the grocery store context because most people, and I know there's somebody out there who says they may do this because there's always exception. But most people don't go wake up in the morning and say, oh, let me just go walk around the grocery store for a while and see if they got something special. You know, I mean, most of the time you have a purpose when you go to the grocery store. You know, you're, you're either hungry or you are trying to put a meal together or there are some items that are missing at your house. You know, whereas you, you go to Dillard's and you're like, okay, let's see what sales they got today. <laughs> you know? so, so usually, so we, we're, we're kind of refining it in the context of the grocery store because usually you have a more refined purpose. And that's the first thing that we really want to address. And I'm going to talk about my grocery store experience. I'm going to talk about how it differs from my wife's in a bit. But I'm going to talk about me and my grocery store experience and how that relates to life specifically as Christians. One of the things that I'm going to do when I go to the grocery store, when my wife tells me to go, the first thing I tell her is she starts rattling off things she needs. And the first thing I say to her is text that to me because I need a list. Don't, don't just say it and expect me to remember it, but give me a list. I need to go by a list. And for the context of what we're speaking, the grocery store is like life, and the list is your purpose. The list, it gives you purpose. It makes you understand that I'm here for these items. But every single one of us, and we'll be, I'm honest, I, that, that's me too, that even though you have a list, more than likely you're going to pick up some things that are not on your list. Come on, come on here with me now. In fact, I think my wife has unofficially, I think TikTok would call it shadow banned, but I think my wife has unofficially, uh, young people, shadow banned me from going to Costco and, and going to Sam's because I get a lot of things that aren't on the list. And she's like, What's our, where are we going to put all this stuff? So I, uh, I haven't been sent to Sam's or Costco independently because I have a tendency of picking up stuff that's not on the list. And then we got to figure out where to put it. Okay. So I've been shadow banned from Costco by my wife. But anyway, but, but you, you, you get a list and, and, the, and the list gives you purpose. And when I grab a list, and a lot of times it depends on our time frame, that, that, that also changes our grocery store experience. Some of you plan to go to the grocery store and you have two or three hours to spend there. That's not my experience. I've never left the house saying I'm going to spend the next two hours at Kroger. Uh, but I leave with a list, and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to accomplish that list in 15, about 15 to 20 minutes or less. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to stay there a long time. So I grab the list, and the list gives me purpose. So I, I'm, not, I'm not there to, to find people to chat with. Come on now. Come on now. Because I, 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 I can see some, some, some comments in, in the peanut gallery out here. And I, find, I, I can tell by the way that you're responding that some of you go to Kroger and spend a long time there. Sound like you go out there and chill for a while and see who else is there. I, I, I know specifically being in Shelbyville, you know, when you go to the store, you're going to see everybody. Come on in here with me now. You're going to see a little bit of everybody. Oh, that's, 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 that's what's the name's mama and him over there, you know. You're going you're gonna to see some folks. It can become a social endeavor, and you can abandon your purpose. Let me say that again. Sometimes you're, you're, you have a list. Your list is your purpose. But then you can start talking to people, and it can become a social endeavor, and you can lose track of your purpose. 
Watch this. This is what happens. You, you, you go down one aisle and you see a friend down that aisle. And you're like, oh, that's what's her name. Let me go see what she's doing. Before you know it, you're talking, and then you look down that aisle, and you're like, oh, since I'm here, I might as well grab one of those. Or the person you're talking to, like, girl, this is on sale. You ought to get you one. You're like, well, since it's on sale, you know how you do. I might as well. Now, that's not on your list. That's not related to your purpose. So you're putting something in your basket that's not on your list. It's not related to your purpose. And it seems innocent. It seems innocent for a while. But after a while, the basket begins to get full. If you shop long enough, you stay in there long enough running your mouth and meandering through the aisles, you, your basket starts filling up. And some of you have done this because I've done it. I, I, I'm admitting you don't have to raise your hand. I know you've done it too. I've gone into Kroger with the small basket that I put in my hand. And then I start filling it up with items that were on my list. Now, the items on my list can fit in the small basket. But then I start picking up other stuff. And then I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to go get a big basket. So now by the time I go get the big basket and drop the small basket, at this point, I just need to recognize I pretty much abandoned my purpose. Because I have expanded it to a degree that I'm no longer limiting myself to what was on the list. At this point, I'm not picking items up. At this point, I'm just shopping. Come on now. There's a difference between picking up what's on your list and shopping. And some of y'all, y'all know y'all can do some shopping. Come on now. In fact, some of y'all don't have lists. Y'all just go shop. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not coming for you. I'm just, I'm just speaking the truth. Some of y'all just shopping. And some of y'all, y'all, this is what you really don't need to do. You start, go, you just go shopping without a list. Why? Because you're hungry. The worst mistake you can make is to go into Kroger with an empty basket, no list, and you have a big appetite. And you just start shopping. You just throwing everything. That, if when you're hungry, everything look good. Oh, these, these pickled parsnips. I've never tried that before, but let me see what that tastes like. These double, double dipped Oreo cookies. That wasn't on my list, but that kind of looks good. So I'm going to put that. Come on now. And some of my health people in the audience, this is Linda, tell you, what will happen is when you're hungry, you start picking up things that you can eat right then. You're not worried about ingredients. You're not trying to put stuff together. You're thinking about stuff that you can bust open and maybe snack on in the car on your way home. Because you went in without a list, without a purpose, an empty basket and an empty stomach. And a big grocery bill is what you're walking out with because you did not have a purpose. You did not have a purpose. Now, for the sake of your grocery shopping, I'm not coming for you. But as that relates to our example and our analogy into life, that's not the way to go about life. Some people go about life like that. with I have an appetite and an empty basket and whatever is available and I like, that's what I'm putting in. Whatever I see first. That appeals to my taste. That's what I put in my basket. Now, now, if I didn't go in with a list, it means I didn't go in with a purpose. So that means my results don't even line up with anything God desires for me. I, I didn't have a plan when I got the pickled parsnips and the double dipped Oreo cookies. Didn't have a plan. They don't go together. But, but, but I didn't have a plan. But because I was hungry and I had a large appetite, I just put them in my basket. And then what happens is, then you, you'll be like me when I went to Sam's and I got, I got off my list. You go home and then you or your spouse are like, I don't, where are we even, why did you get that? 
What are we going to do with that? We don't even have space for this. Where are we going to put this? The refrigerator is full. We, we don't have a place for this. This doesn't fit anywhere. You've spent your time and your money on something that does not fit in your purpose. Your time and your money on something that does not fit in your purpose. I'm expending to, to one of the resources that, 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 is, that is not replenishable in my time. I spend an hour at Kroger without a list, without a purpose, and I can't get that hour back. I can't get that time back. And, and the results of me wasting my time has caused me to have things in my life that don't fit in to the purpose that God has for me. So, so, so what do I do? Do I throw the items out or in the alternative, what we're more likely to do? Do I spend more time trying to make what I purchased fit into God's plan? I'm trying to make it fit. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to amend God's purpose for my life. I'm trying to get God to, to expand and extend what he desires me to do so it covers the things that I have spent time on. But the problem with that is when I spend time acquiring things that don't fit in God's purpose, that means I neglected doing the things that do fit. I, I, my, my time is not replenishable. So when I take time to do something that doesn't fit, I'm taking time away from something that God needed me to do. Something that actually fit in God's plan. I wasted it on something that doesn't fit. I've taken time away from nourishing, from watering, from, from improving and from helping to grow the things that God intentionally planted in me that are necessary to completing the purpose that he has for my life. So, so, so I'm telling you, I'm not talking about, I mean, we're not talking about pickled parsnips anymore. We're talking about how you're spending your time. And how did I spend my time last week relative to the purpose that God has for my life. That I wasted meandering through the store. Picking up items. That don't relate to my purpose. Because I did not have a list. When I say a list. When I'm talking about purpose. This is something that needs to stay in front of you. All the time. All day. Every day. You need to stay focused. On your purpose. You stay focused on your plan. Franklin Covey, he, he, he created, a, uh, he, he created a, a planner. And one of the, in the planner, one of the things that the planner does is that on every page, you can always see your purpose. What are my number, what are, my thing, what are the things that I'm trying to accomplish today? And I need to make sure that whatever I have in my planner aligns with my purpose. That it aligns with the goals that God has for my life. Okay. So, so when I'm in the store, I'm buying the onions because the onions are going to be chopped up to be a part of the gravy that I'm sauteing in the pan that goes with the ground beef that I'm serving. It's part of the meal that I'm going to eat tonight. It's all connected to a purpose. And if it does not align to that purpose, then why am I purchasing it? Why am I spending my time on that? I'll tell you something you do every day that rarely fits into anybody's purpose. Because usually watching TV ordinarily does not feed back into a higher goal or purpose. And some people demonize watching TV. It's not the content of the TV. Not the content. But remember the scripture. What's our scripture today? Let's lay aside every weight. Not just sin, but weight. 
I'm laying aside things that do not fit into my purpose. They're not sinful in and of themselves. They simply do not fit into the purpose. So it doesn't mean I don't ever do them, but I need to make sure I spend more time on line items that are on my list that actually relate to my purpose. So when you find yourself doing something, you ought to ask yourself this simple question. How is what I'm doing right now relating to my purpose? The same question my wife would ask me. Sometimes she tricks me. She says, FaceTime and you'll see what, what's on the aisle. And I'm looking at the aisle. She's like, hold on, what you got in your basket? What's that? <laughs> I didn't tell you to get any of that. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Why? Because it's not on the list. Because it does not align with the purpose for which I'm at the store. So it's a waste of time. Not that anything's wrong with the item itself. It just does not align with the purpose. So when I'm asking, when I'm spending my time in the day, I need to ask myself that question. How is what I'm doing? How is how I'm spending my time right now relating to my purpose? Sometimes she'll tell me, she'll like, you're not even in the right aisle. How many times, how much time do we spend in the wrong aisle? Somebody point at somebody and ask them, say, are you even in the right aisle? Lord, I don't have what I need from you. You promised me this. You promised me that. And I still don't have it. God would tell you, baby, you're not even in the right aisle. The right aisle. You look all you want to in the refrigerated section. In the refrigerated section looking for the canned beans. You're not going to find the canned beans in the refrigerated section. Baby, you're in the wrong aisle. You're on the vegetable aisle looking for, looking for pepperoni. Baby, they're not going to have vegetables getting sprayed with a little water in the little refrigerated section over there with them with the vegetables. Not the pepperonis aren't over there. You're in the wrong aisle. So then, this is a question I have for you. Are you praying for God to give you something when all you need to do is go to the right aisle? Remember, we've been talking the last few weeks about things, not that God can't do, but things that God won't do. Okay? So when we talked about God's not going to go to the driver's license uh, the DMV, and go get a driver's license for you. He's not going to go fill out an application for a job for you when you can get your behind up and go fill out the application. God is not going to drop pepperonis to you in the vegetable aisle. No. He needs you to take your behind. Come on now. To the right eye. So sometimes, and you, you fast, you fat, you on your knees fast. Oh, Lord Jesus. Father who art in heaven. Mm, I'm standing right here. I'm in the vegetable aisle. And I need you to send me some pepperonis in the vegetable aisle. You're going to be on your knees looking crazy, at least until somebody escorts you out. You're in the wrong aisle. Stop praying in the wrong aisle. You need to consult the plan, your list. Consult your purpose. Consult your plan. Read God's word to make sure you're in the right aisle. You know what? They got big old billboards that tell you what's on every aisle. That's like your Bible. It's telling you what aisle you need to be in. You need to be in John 3 and 16. Come on in here with me. You need to be in Hebrews 12 and 1. You need to be in Revelations 3 and 8. 
It's the Bible is, is your roadmap that, that is telling you where you need to be. And I've come to the conclusion that I used to say, I used to think it, and it sounded good, and, but, 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 but God has given me another revelation on that. I used to think that you not reading your Bible is like you not consulting your map when you're driving. I gave me another revelation this week. He said, no, Larry. He said, not reading God's word is like not is driving and not even looking at the road. That, that, that's what you, when you're trying to navigate through life without reading God's word, he said it's like driving and you're not even looking at the road. You're not going to get anywhere driving without looking at the road. Some of you all in Shelbyville, Lord, we'd we be at the hospital for you right now. Coming over them steep embankments if you tried to drive here without looking at the road. If, and for those of you who are fortunate enough to not crash, you, you certainly wouldn't be here if you didn't look at the road. Why are you, why are you saying that, that uh, I, I'm, going, I, I'm, 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 I'm the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God, but you don't read his will. You don't read his word. You're, fortunately, you, some of you must have some four-by-four four tires. I don't know how you didn't crash, but you jumping over curves and going through ditches. Because without reading his word, you're, you're driving without even looking at the road. It's only by the grace of God. And I just thank God for his grace when I didn't know what I was doing. Thank God for your grace, Lord, that, that, my, that I'm still here. That I live long enough for me to understand that I need to find my direction. I can only find my purpose when I'm reading your word. I have to read your word. So I can't be deep and sedity with my three-piece suit on in the wrong aisle. I can, you can, baby, I saw some big oil bottles this morning too. I, I think they were some gallon size. You can pour every drop of that oil on you in the wrong aisle. And God is still not delivering what you're praying for when all you need to do is go to the right aisle. Go to the right aisle. See, the, the, the confidence of this is when I follow God's path, similarly as I follow the directions on, on the aisle markers, and many of you now, I, I use an app. You use the little Kroger or Walmart app. It'll tell you where the items are located. It'll tell you what aisle you need to be on. So you know what happens? It gives me, get this, confidence. I have this confidence because I've read what Kroger's aisle, it tells me on the Kroger app what aisle it's in. I've I've looked at the aisle marker, it tells me that this is on this aisle. So therefore, I have confidence in the word that I'm in the right aisle. And when I have this confidence, then I can pray. You don't even have permission to pray until you get your behind in the right aisle. Point to somebody and say, stop praying from the wrong aisle. Praying from the wrong aisle. You need to be in line. You need to be, uh, because being in the right aisle is simple this. It's just a matter of God having given you a previous word. And if you didn't obey the previous word, why are you praying now? I need you to do what I told you to do last week. So that you can be in position to pray this week. I already told you what I ought to be in. Stop praying that I deliver you something. That's disobedience. Disobedience is expecting God to deliver you something when you didn't do what he already told you to do. Come on now. Do I have, does God have his great regard for sacrifice as he does for obedience? Remember King Saul, King Saul said, he said, well, I I didn't see Samuel and it was about time for the sacrifice to be offered. He said, so I thought I'd do it myself. Samuel said, God does not have regard for your sacrifice than he does for obedience. The first step in you getting where you need to go is obedience. So that means you, baby, you can consecrate for 60 days. But if you're not going to be obedient, you might as well grab your plate and eat. No sense in being hungry and disobedient. Go ahead and eat if you're not going to be obedient. Because your consecration does not touch God when you're in disobedience. 
you first have to find yourself in line in the right aisle. And then you pray. So then I'm in the right aisle and then I can say, Lord, I know, I know, I have confidence from your word that what I need is right here. I just simply don't see it. And I've been there, I've been in the right aisle, but I just didn't see it. It's, it was in a small section or, or maybe it was pushed back and I had to look through because it was, it was under something, it was behind something, maybe, maybe it was mislabeled, but it was on that aisle, I just didn't see it. So then I can pray with confidence knowing I'm in the right aisle, I just don't see it. God, lead me to where I need to go. And I'm confident that God will do it because I was already obedient to be in the right place. I was obedient. Look at your neighbor again and say, make sure you're in the right aisle. I'm going to have to close this part and we might have to continue a little bit. When you're in the right aisle, you can pray with confidence that God is going to show you. He's going to reveal to you that which he has already put you in position. Get this. You're in position to receive it because you're in the right aisle. Why? Because you followed his word. You have confidence according to his word that he has placed you in the right position. Therefore, now I can pray with confidence knowing that I have been obedient to what God told me to do. So now that I'm in the right place, now that I have a list, I'm comporting to God's purpose. One of the things that I found out about lists is that when my wife texts me the list, and it's not possible, really. She, can't, she doesn't text me the list that goes aisle by aisle. Everything that she texts me is not going to be in consecutive aisles, which means she's not going to text me a list and this is going to be on aisle one and, and the parcel is going to be on aisle two and, and, and the bread is going to be on aisle three. No, it doesn't work like that. But see how my mind works, and this is why I say we differ, because see, my wife knows where stuff is. She'll just walk through calmly. She's like, yeah, it's over here. Bam, bam, bam. Walk through the aisles, get to the checkout line. She's confident she has everything she needs. That's not me. You give me a list, the way my mind works, I don't care how many times I have to skip around the store. I need to go straight down the list. That's my confidence. My confidence is knowing I got the onions. They were way over there. Okay, the milk's on the other side of the store. I'm going to go get the milk. Um, the bread's on this side. I'm going to get it. But I know I have confidence that I'm going to get everything. And when I leave and get in my truck, I'm not going to say, oops, I forgot something. Because I don't know where it is, so I'm going to take it line by line. Baby, I'm going to take, I'm leaving you with this. Sometimes that's how God works. It does not make sense to us. Doesn't make sense to us. Come on in here with me now. Lord, Lord, I already, Lord, I, when I was by the onions, I could have picked up the carrots. Why did you send me all the way over here by the bread to pick it up first? And now you're telling me I got to go back to the carrots. Lord, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. Now, Lord, now, now you could have given me a raise and made me a supervisor when I was at the job five years ago. But instead, you let me get laid off. Now I'm at another job. Now that job is offering me a supervisor position. Lord, that does not make That doesn't make sense. I, I, I wanted you to do things in, in my order. I, I don't know how many times I need to say it, but there is a way that seems right unto man, the ends, whereof are, are the ways, ways of death. What you, what you didn't know is if you had gotten the job while you were still there, the supervisor that would have given you the job, did, he was getting ready to get promoted, and the new person didn't like you. God let you go somewhere else so that person could move on so that when you got back, come on now. Somebody, somebody say, we know, say it, say it like, and say, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, for them who are the call according to his purpose. I don't understand how it fits together, but I have to trust that if I'm in the right aisle, that if I'm following my list, if I'm walking according to God's purpose, that all things are being arranged. Oh, shall I'll be arranged. For my good. 
may not make sense to me. But God is arranging things so that it works out for my good. I want to leave you with this. I was in Walmart, true story, Walmart about two weeks ago. And I was behind a lady, and she had a whole bunch of items. She had some big items. And some of you all are like me. I'm the one who always gets behind the person who always has a problem. That's me. That's I get behind the person who has a problem. A little side story here. I go to Kroger one summer, and uh, I, was getting, uh, I was getting like two items. I get behind this guy. He looked like he only had two items. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. Get behind him. His two items are scanned. He looked over. He said, all right. Pulls out a checkbook. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Hadn't even started the check. Starts writing the check. Writes the check. They go through the approval process. That takes a while. Then I'm like, all right, it's my turn now, Reverend. But then he, he looked at what I had, and I, I had asked for, they had some ribs outside. Kroger, our Kroger smokes ribs outside sometimes. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I think I want some ribs, too. He said, charge me for some ribs. And he pulls back out of his shape. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, that's just a side story. But I'm here at Walmart, and I'm behind this lady. She's buying all these big, all these items. And then I'm looking around. I'm like, I think this lady's by herself. How's she going to carry all this stuff and get in her car? So she finishes all the items. And then when she finishes the items... Then she looks at her stuff, and she has the same realization that I've already had. She's like, I don't even know how I'm going to carry that to my car. I'm going to carry that to my car. In fact, I don't even know how that's going to fit in my car. I don't know how it's going to fit. And I thought about it, and, and, and fortunately someone helped her, and I think at, at the end she had to leave something there and she had to arrange for somebody else to come pick it up. But I just want just to give this to somebody this morning. Some of you all, you're going around the store and there are some things, some big things, and you're like, I, I want to get that. And I want to get that, and I... I want to put that in my basket. And and obviously, the lady had the money. It wasn't the fact that she didn't have the money. She just didn't have the capacity to take that home. Didn't have the capacity to take that home. And I'm telling that to somebody right now because, God, some of you are looking at some things and you're like, God, I need that. God, I want that. That's what I desire. But God knows right now the weight of that thing. Just like that woman would be too heavy for you to carry right now. The weight of that thing would would, would be too heavy for you to, to bear that load on your own. And God is not saying you will never have it. God's not saying it will never be yours. But just like that woman... She, but when she, at the point when she's calling somebody else, she's like, you know what she said? I should have waited on my son. He has a truck. He could have carried this for me. What I'm telling you is that God's going to send you some things in his time. I'm not, God's not saying you won't have it. God's just saying it's not your time. And in fact, what God's saying, he's saying, I'm going to send you some help. I'm going to send you some resources so that when it's yours, you'll be able to carry it. You'll be able to bear the weight of that that you're receiving. I'm waiting so it won't be too much. I'm waiting so it won't be a burden. I'm allowing it to wait. Because you know what? The blessings of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. No, somebody say no sorrow. 
it addeth no sorrow with it. So it's going to be a blessing that you enjoy because sometimes, have you ever gotten a blessing and then it was a burden? Come on now. You got it, but then you struggled to pay for it. You got it, but it didn't even fit right in your house. You got it, and then when you looked at it again, you're, you're like, I wish I didn't even have it. God's blessings making rich and added no sorrow with it. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Everyone standing on your feet. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this morning for your word that reminds us, that touches us, that keeps us in line, that shows us, Lord, that we need to keep your purpose ever before us. That the time that we spend, how we use our resources, need to relate to our purpose, need to relate to your plan for our lives. They are connected. Lord, that we need to follow and be obedient to your word, that we stay in line, that we stay in your aisle, that we remain in the right place, in the right position to receive everything that you have for us. Lord, we also trust that you are arranging things, Lord, that even when it seems like things are out of order, seems like we're headed this way and that, we're going from one side to the next, Lord, you have a purpose and an order for everything. And you're causing all things to work out for our good. And Lord, we're claiming that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God that you will continue to live with expectation until we shall see you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.